0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights, Season 2, Episode 4, Sky Battle. If this is your first time listening to Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights, you might want to go back and start at Season 1, Episode 1, The Egg, to get the full story. My name is Marin Langdon Spillane, and today we are thrilled to welcome special guest artist, Sarah Wolfe. Sarah makes amazing hand cut paper art and cards. You should definitely make sure to check out her Instagram page and her Etsy store, where you can get her beautiful custom made cards. You can find links to Sarah's final artwork and coloring page in the show notes. One thing that I love about stories that you listen to is that everyone imagines the story a little bit differently. I know how it looks in my head, but I love to see how other people imagine things, so I encourage all of you listeners to grab your favorite supplies and draw, sculpt, paint, or create anything that you are inspired to while listening. Then you can share your creation with us during one of our live shows, post on our Facebook page, or email it to us at PetraTheDragon at gmail.com. And now, let us begin Season 2, Episode 4 of Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights. Sky Battle. Previously on Fat Pack, Beatrice, a mother dragon, and her five children, Azrael, Petra, Edwin, Lyle, and Smudge, set off on a quest to find Beatrice's missing egg, which, they believe, was stolen by the fairies and ponies. They are joined by knight-in-training Tolora Shamsa and Tom Thomas, a stable boy. During their adventure, Beatrice suffers a near-fatal stab wound from a unicorn. Tom, Talora, and the draglings unite the fairies, ponies, and the unicorn in magic to save. Beatrice's life. However, in return, the ponies ask for Beatrice's help, as they are being terrorized by a powerful dragon, Shakatala. Beatrice confronts Shakatala, who refuses to leave the ponies alone. Driven by anger and impatience to resume the quest to find her egg, Beatrice attacks Shakatala, and a battle between dragons ensues. (laughs) Beatrice roared and launched herself at Shakatala, and in one single heartbeat, both dragons had taken flight, meeting in mid-air, their bodies crashing together with a thunderous clap. The battle was on. It was immediately evident that there was absolutely nothing the draglings Tom or Talora could do but get out of the way, and fast. Beatrice and Shakatala seemed locked together in a blur of clashing, clanging claws and teeth, so that despite their difference in size and coloring and Shakatala's armor, it was almost impossible to tell one dragon from the other. "'I cannot believe this is happening!' exclaimed Lyle. "'I cannot believe this is happening! Mom said it wouldn't happen, but it's happening right now, and I cannot believe this! My first dragon battle! Are you guys seeing this? Are you seeing it? Is everything gonna be okay?' "'Lyle, be quiet. I'm trying to focus,' snapped Petra. "'Asriel, should we do something? Help her?' Doesn't look like she needs our help, Azrael commented, as Beatrice shot a scorching stream of fire into Shakatala's face. This, of course, didn't hurt him, since dragons are impervious to fire, but it served as enough of a distraction that Beatrice was able to fly beneath him and swipe at his less protected underside with her claws. Shakatala twisted spectacularly and grasped Beatrice in what looked very much like a fierce hug, and the two dragons crashed to the ground and began struggling in the dirt. Everyone backed up, trying to avoid the thrashing limbs, tails, and wings. Tom looked at Talora. "'Should we help?' he asked nervously, as the dragons took flight again and began crashing together against the cliffside. Talora shook her head. Her heart was in her mouth as she watched Beatrice get slammed into the cliff and slide down a ways before righting herself and resuming the attack. "'I don't think we can. They're moving too fast. We just put ourselves in harm's way, and that would distract her.' Let's just watch and see. Maybe get your bow ready, just in case. Tom nodded and notched an arrow, ready to draw at any moment. By now, Beatrice and Chakatala were high above them, surrounded by a cloud of Beatrice's fire and smoke. The grunts, growls, and crashing of their bodies muted. How is she doing this? Petra whispered in awe. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mom is awesome, but she is a lot smaller than he is. And that armor, wow. Asriel nodded i don't know i had no idea mom could you know be like this she just bit him on the nose did you guys see that right on the nose oh sweet slow-moving sloth claws now she's just like dodging all of his limbs mom is the coolest lyle was bouncing around pretending to dodge and swing like his mother look exclaimed pedra gesturing toward the ponies they're helping her The ponies had formed a wide semicircle facing the action, but instead of watching the battle up above and all around, their eyes were closed and they were standing still as stone. "'Silent pony statue magic,' said Edwin reverently. "'They're sending her strength and healing her as she gets hurt.' "'Huh,' said Lyle. "'Kinda looks like they just fell asleep. "'Also, is that cheating?' They all jumped as Beatrice dodged Shakatala's plummeting charge and he crashed spectacularly into the ground. Cheating? exclaimed Petra. Like magic fairy armor isn't cheating? This isn't a game, Lyle. They are literally fighting for the ponies' lives. I just hope no one gets hurt, said Edwin. Tolora went to her and placed a hand on her shoulder. You know, Tolora? Edwin asked, her eyes filling with tears. I just don't think that I could stand Mom getting hurt again, and I know she'd be really sad if she hurt our dad. "'I know, Edwin. It's... it's... "'No matter what happens, everything is going to be okay,' Dolores said, wishing she knew this to be true. "'While it was undeniable that Beatrice was holding her own, how would this end? "'When would they decide to stop? Could Beatrice actually make him leave?' "'Just as she was thinking this, a powerful roar emerged from Beatrice, "'and she came plummeting from the sky, half-flying, half-falling, Shakatala right above her.' The two dragons hit the ground almost at the same time, Shakatala on top of Beatrice. There was a huge cloud of dust completely blocking them from view. It was silent and still. They all held their breath. What was happening? Even the ponies opened their eyes and shifted their attention toward the billowing brown cloud. As the dust settled, they all gasped in dismay to see Beatrice on her back with Shakatala standing above. Her wings were pinned beneath her body and her arms and legs were in the iron grip of Shakatala's talons. She couldn't move. "'Mom!' yelled Edwin, starting forward. "'Edwin, stay where you are!' Beatrice's voice was like hardened lava and Edwin didn't dare disobey. She froze on the spot, whimpering. Everyone else was frozen too, barely daring to breathe." Beatrice, Shakatala said, chuckling, looking at her closely Both dragons' chests were rising and falling heavily And their bodies looked hot enough to cause blisters if you touched them Beatrice, Beatrice, Beatrice I didn't know you had it in you He sounded almost admiring Get off of me Beatrice growled. I've always felt that you really don't know someone until you fight them. You, my dear Beatrice, are truly one of my worthier opponents. Unfortunately, you lost, which means that I won't be leaving the grassland. You do know that, of course. I can't let my reputation as the biggest, baddest dragon in all of Dunaya be destroyed just because my mate asked me to leave some ponies alone but what am i going to do with you before beatrice could answer an unmistakable sound echoed against the cliff walls small at first then quickly growing in intensity oh no thought beatrice Just as Shakatala was beginning to notice this, his head shifting slightly to locate the incoming sound, a screaming gray meteor fell from the sky and connected with Shakatala with such force that he was sent cartwheeling off of Beatrice, rolling backward and tangling up with whatever it was that had just collided with him. The cloud of dust billowed up again, making it impossible to see what was happening smudge no yelled beatrice running toward them (sighs) there was a roar from shakatala and as the dust settled they could all see smudge wrapped tightly around shakatala's tail his teeth buried deep in the unprotected scales shakatala lifted his tail high in the air and slammed smudge to the ground attempting to get him off smudge didn't move shakatala started thrashing his tail to and fro furiously until smudge was no more than a blur but to no avail smudges arms legs and jaws were locked on shakatala's tail like a dog with a juicy bone get off of me growled shakatala all of this had occurred in a matter of moments beatrice was now upon shakatala again grappling with him the draglings had all been frozen in amazement but seeing their baby brother locked in battle with their father released something inside of them petra roared and launched herself toward her parents Azrael, lyle and edwin threw themselves into the air behind her landing on shakatala There was a blinding flurry of wings, claws, teeth, and fire as Beatrice and all five draglings pummeled and tore at Shakatala. Edwin screamed, How dare you hurt your own mate and your baby son! What is the matter with you? Did no one ever teach you about kindness? Whack! Gentleness? Whack! In good manners... Tom, what do we do? Talora found herself racing toward the dragons with Tom on her heels. Not knowing how else to be useful, she stood underneath Shakatala's tail with smudge dangling high above her head, as though she would be able to catch him if he fell, though why she did this she didn't know. If he did fall, he would probably crush her, and she wouldn't be much good to him, even if he didn't. Shakatala was furious, thrashing about to dislodge his assailants while also holding off Beatrice. He shook his body like a horse shakes off flies, but the draglings were determined. You You said you cared about us! You said you cared! You're a liar! Asriel yelled as he and Petra flew around Shakatala's head and darted at him with their talons out. I do not like this! screamed Lyle. I do not like this! Tired turtles on a Tuesday! I do not like this! He joined Edwin in her wing pummeling, his eyes closed tightly. Then he attacked in earnest, narrating his actions as he performed them. I'm gonna bite you here! And I'm gonna bite you there! And I'm gonna bite you here and here! Claw! 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 Finally, Shakatala released a tremendous roar. (laughs) Enough! Everyone froze. Shakatala and Beatrice each had a grip on each other. Their faces were inches apart. The draglings were hanging off of Shakatala in various places with their teeth and claws. Enough! If I wanted to, you would be dead, all of you. This is nothing to me. I could destroy you all in an instant. There was a silence as the draglings waited to see what Beatrice would do. Smudge was still dangling from Shakatala's tail, his wide eyes watching his parents. Beatrice's nostrils flared. Then do it. Talora gasped, and Tom, who had been running around with his bow raised, almost dropped his weapon in shock. If that is who you are, Shakatala, then do it. Destroy us all. Destroy your mate. "'Destroy your children, all five of them. "'Destroy Asriel, who only wants to make the world a safer place, "'and Petra, who is the strongest dragon I have ever known. "'Destroy Edwin, whose imagination is a world unto itself, "'and Lyle, who doesn't have a mean bone in his whole body. "'Destroy your baby. "'Destroy Smudge, who is just learning to fly and can only speak in pictures. "'Destroy the only two humans who have ever fought for a dragon.' "'Destroy the ponies who make our world a safer, healthier place. "'Destroy us all, Shakatala. Why don't you? Just be done with it.' "'There was a long silence. Even the breeze had seemed to stop. "'Finally, Shakatala let go of Beatrice and shook his head, "'his limbs and his wings in a gesture that sent the draglings flying off of him, "'all but Smudge, who hadn't moved an inch during the entire battle.' Then, with a tremendous roar, he launched off of Beatrice and flew into the sky. "'Smudge!' called Beatrice, and Smudge finally dropped from Shakatala's tail and rolled onto the ground with the other draglings, who had been scattered like butterflies by the force of Shakatala's ascent. Beatrice's children gathered close to her, pressing against her body as they all looked up at Shakatala, pumping his wings in the air above. Shakatala looked down at them. "'Fine!' "'He roared. "'I will leave you to your precious, precious ponies. "'I had lost my taste for them anyway. "'I suppose I'll just have to eat humans instead.' "'With a final roar, "'Shakitalis swept into the sky and flew north, "'the way they had come from Durga. "'Everyone watched him until he had faded to a distant speck "'and the rushing beat of his wings could no longer be heard. "'The silence was broken by the cheering of the ponies, "'and Moonbeam, Starfire, and several others "'rushed to Beatrice and her children.' You did it, Beatrice! Moonbeam reared up on his hind legs in excitement. You did it! He's gone! Beatrice, you are magnificent! exclaimed Starfire. Beatrice felt dazed. The battle had been so much more than she had been ready for, and her children's involvement introduced a confusing set of emotions that she could not have anticipated. Gut-wrenching fear, guilt for putting them in danger, but also pride, love, and a strange sense of safety. She looked at them. No, they were magnificent, she said. Her children were crouched around her, gazing in shock at the sky. I'm not sure that he would have given up if it had just been me. Mom, you were scary, said Petra. Scary? Awesome, said Lyle. Are you okay? asked Azriel. I'm fine. I'm just fine. She looked at the small herd of ponies. Thank you for your help. I could feel your strength inside of me. She looked at the draglings. Are you all okay? Beatrice nudged and nuzzled each dragling, and even Azrael and Petra looked for a moment, like little nestlings as they submitted to her worried caresses. Smudgy, said Edwin. By the way, please tell us where you came from and how did you get here? Flaming thunderbirds, cried Lyle. That was amazing! I have never seen anything like that in my life. Smudge, Smudgy, listen to me. You— are my hero. I thought you were a comet from space and we were all going to die. You just came in here out of nowhere and BAM! You sent Dad flying! I will never stop replaying that in my mind. Smudge, who was curled tightly against Beatrice, started wagging his tail and stuck his tongue out happily. I am sorry. A tiny turquoise pony named Dreamwave stepped forward. It is my fault. Smuddy didn't know where everybody went, so I told him and so we went flying off... And he flew the whole way, and me and Rosebud and Tamomile and Hayberry were galloping and galloping and galloping and galloping underneath him, and then when we got here, Smutty just yanded on the dragon like you saw. Wow. Oh.
1: Hey, parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews,
2: stories, and on-the-ground reporting.
1: We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever
0: you get your podcasts. Hi, Uncle Moonbeam. Dreamwave looked sheepishly at the ground as Moonbeam glared down at her. Wow, good flying, Smudgy. Mom, he's really flying now, Edwin exclaimed. Smudge, looking quite proud of himself, nodded. He must have been really high to come crashing down like that, added Petra proudly. Well, said Beatrice, looking from the tiny Dreamwave and the other baby ponies to Smudge, I am sure that the grown-up ponies are just as disappointed as I am that you didn't follow the rules. But we are also very grateful for your help. I'm grateful for your help, my smudge. Beatrice nuzzled smudge, who grunted happily. And I can't believe you flew that whole way. Good for you. Um, Beatrice, Tom stepped forward. Did Shakatala say that he was going to go after humans now? Beatrice looked grim. Yes, that's what he said. But he was angry and his pride was wounded. He would have said anything just then to frighten us. But what if he meant it? asked Talora. You know as well as we do that it doesn't take much for humans to turn on dragons. And the other way around, Tom added. What if he... What if he starts something? Something dangerous? Talora didn't want to add to Beatrice's worries, but Shakatala's parting words were ringing in her ears. I understand why you're worried, Talora, but we can't know that's actually what he intends to do, answered Beatrice slowly. I think for now we have enough to worry about and we just have to deal with one thing at a time. Dolora nodded uneasily as Starfire stepped forward. Beatrice, you and your draglings must be weary. Let's go back to the grasslands so that you can rest and eat. Beatrice nodded. We can't waste any more time, Starfire. As soon as we've had a short rest, we have to leave. We must find the stronghold of the bone-eyed spiders and rescue my egg. Back with the rest of the pony herd, Beatrice impatiently submitted to the healing touches of amethyst and citrine. Though she wasn't badly injured, she was suffering from many small cuts and bruises. At first, she tried to turn down the fairy's offers to patch her up, but Carnelian had stepped in. "'Beatrice, please, don't be such a dragonhead. You have a long trip ahead of you, and you don't know what you'll face at the end of it. Wouldn't you rather start out refreshed and whole instead of battered and disgustingly bloody and caked with dirt?' "'We can get that dirt right off of you,' Amethyst said casually. "'And those scrapes are like nothing to us,' Citrine added. "'Scrapes are my specialty, actually.' "'They're mine?' "'No, Citrine. Yours is bruises and blisters. Honestly.' "'Fine. Whatever. But the bottom line is, we need to get that grossness off of the dragon so that she is sparkling for the next stage of her quest. Am I right?' "'You are right.' Carnelian looked at Beatrice. "'I love their conversations, don't you? "'Will you let them heal you, or did you want to listen to them talk some more?' "'Um, they can heal me,' said Beatrice, "'and Citrine and Amethyst flew joyfully into the air around her head. "'While the fairies fluttered around Beatrice's wounds, "'Petra, Lyle, Edwin, and Smudge worked their way through a pile of fish "'that Petra and Edwin had caught together. "'Asriel sat nearby with Bob, "'happily eating a giant, muddy-looking cake that Bob had made.' Hm, yes, now that right there is a, a Bob specialty, said Bob proudly as Azrael wolfed it down. A perfectly balanced protein cake made from a delicate mixture of a sweet clover, my patented seed blend, and the bark of the eastern white pine, seasoned with just a hint of catnip and peppermint. Completely animal-free and full of all the things young Asriel here needs to function at optimal capacity. It's delicious, Bob, and so filling, Azrael exclaimed. Why, thank you, my dragon friend. I do so appreciate your enthusiasm and validation. Can't go wrong with a seed blend. Um, Zaya. I uh, always like to say, it looks like poop. Lyle whispered to Edwin, who giggled and then hit him with her tail. Furball, that is my dinner," said Azrael, nudging the kitten away. "Azrael, give him some. He's just a tiny, hungry kitten!" exclaimed Edwin. Hmm, capnip pondered Bob. The rumors are true. It excites the feline. Indeed so. Hmm. Indeed. Bob, Asriel said, finishing his protein cake and sweeping some crumbs toward Furball, who rolled around in them ecstatically. What am I going to do without you when we leave? I'm not sure when or if we'll come back to the grasslands, and I don't think I'll ever be able to remember all the great nutritional information you've given me. Well, as to that, Asriel, Bob said, trundling in slow circles. I was thinking, uh, <clears throat> if it's, uh, agreeable to you, of course, uh, that I would, that that is, a, a, if it's possible, and I would, believe me, uh, understand if it weren't, of course, naturally, well, uh, what I'm trying to say is that, um, well, Bob, exclaimed Edwin, swallowing a fish hole, do you want to come with us on our quest to find our missing eggs so that you can help Azrael eat the right foods and also see more of the world? Bob blinked at Edwin, Oh, well, I, uh, yes, now that you mentioned it, that is, uh, exactly what I would like to do. Edwin jumped up. Bob, that's so great! That would be so fun to have a groundho pony on our quest. Mom, can Bob come with us? What? asked Beatrice, turning to look toward Edwin before being slapped across her snout by Citrine, who was still working on her wounds. For the 18th time, hold your dragon head still, they snapped. Sorry, said Beatrice quickly. Uh, Bob wants to come? I surely do, in fact, said Bob. Um, well, I suppose if Moonbeam and Starfire think that's all right, it's fine with me. As long as you know, Bob, that this isn't going to be an easy journey. Well, uh, I would point out that I am a grown pony and can make my own choices, but yes, their approval would be most prudent, indeed. As to the danger, yes, um, understood, Beatrice. Loud and clear. Uh, I've never actually, um experienced danger per se, but I am eager to see more of the world and happy to help my new friend Asriel. Bob is ready for a new challenge, as they say. Starfire stepped forward. Dearest Bob, if this is your choice, then we will miss you. But there comes a time in every young pony's life when they must choose to stay with the herd or leave their homeland and see the world, and it seems that day has come for you. We will honor your choice, and you will leave here with all of our love. This is great, exclaimed Lyle. Now we have dragons, humans, a cat, and a groundhog pony on our quest. Tom and Talora were standing apart from everyone else, slowly gathering items and stowing them in their packs. As if sensing that they were leaving, Furball was winding around Tom's legs and mewing. He picked the kitten up and cuddled him under his chin. Talora... What do you think they'd do in Durga if Shakatala did attack them? I don't know, T'olora answered, trying to picture Morgan Shaw, the Black Knight, and Karama Ashbar, the White Knight, the two in charge of governing Durga. They would defend themselves, of course, and fear of dragons would spread quickly. There's nothing anyone could do about that. Could there be a war, you think, between dragons and humans? And then would you still be allowed to help Beatrice, or would they call you home, back to Durga?' I don't know. Talora had thought of the same thing. The peace between humans and dragons was tenuous at best, and if humans declared dragons a threat, she wasn't sure where her loyalty would be expected to lie. It doesn't matter, though, she said, cinching the strap on her pack and hefting it to her shoulder, testing its balance. We swore ourselves to this quest. I would never abandon it. I would never abandon the dragons. Neither would I, Tom said. Talora knew that he felt as she did. This was their family now. "'As Citrine and Amethyst put the finishing touches on Beatrice, "'she called everyone to her. "'Children, Laura, Tom, meow. Furball, Ahem. and Bob, everyone, "'listen to me. "'Carnelian has given me very detailed directions "'to the island stronghold, "'where they think the Guild of the Bone-Eyed Spider is located. "'This guild may or may not have my egg, "'but they will most likely have some information "'that will help us find it.' Now, I do not know what dangers we face along the way, so I need everyone to promise me, promise me, that you will listen to what I say when I say it, take care of each other, and take no unnecessary risks. Is that clear? Clear as a dragonfly's wing on a dewy morning, said Edwin cheerfully, and Lyle nodded vigorously. Mom, Asriel said quietly, looking at the ground, I I was thinking, now please don't get angry and promise you'll listen. What, Asriel? I... I can't go with you. Asriel, what do you mean? The egg isn't the only member of our family who needs saving right now. Asriel, no, Beatrice said, realization dawning on her. Mom, listen. Dad needs us. You said yourself something has changed in him. He wasn't always like this, right? We need to help him. We need to... I don't know what we need to do, but maybe we can get his fire back so that he can be who he was. We can't just leave him behind. You shouldn't ever leave family behind, right? Beatrice's face looked panicky. Asriel, no. Shakatala is not a part of our family. He never has been. Have you forgotten what we went through today? He spared you, spared all of us once, but I do not believe that that will happen again. Shakatala is... He is lost forever. He is a product of his own choices. There's nothing that you can do, Asriel. You're just a... What I mean is... I know what you mean, Mom, said Asriel gently, his eyes filling with tears. But didn't you say I could choose to be the kind of dragon I'd become? That I could choose the kind of father I'd become? Well, this is the kind of son I am. I won't abandon him. I won't let his anger hurt others and bring shame on all dragons. And what if he does go after humans? We can't let that happen, right? I know I can do this. Please, please let me. Petra stepped forward. I'll go with you. I I think you're right, Azrael. Beatrice was shocked. What? No, no, we can't split up. Haven't you been saying from the beginning that we're better together, that we're safer together? Think of all the times you needed me and I was there, or I needed you. What happens if... I can't just let the two of you go alone. Well, they won't be alone, said Talora, moving to stand with the two draglings. I can take care of them, Beatrice. Talora, gasped Beatrice. Asriel is right, Talora said calmly. If Shakatala continues to wreak havoc on peaceful creatures and, stars forbid, on humans, the repercussions will be terrible. If there is anything that we can do to restore him to his normal state, we should do it. Talora, Beatrice said grimly. You committed yourself to the recovery of my missing egg, and now you would abandon that commitment. No, replied Talora. But what if they're connected? Shakatala and your missing egg, I mean. Even if we find the egg, we still don't really know why it was stolen. And the prophecy, and... And if Shakatala goes after humans, that will be bad for all of us, especially for dragons. If there's a chance that we can help him or stop him, I think we have to try. And mom, interjected Petra, weren't you just saying that Azrael and I were nearly old enough to find our own mountains? I mean, we can both feel the power now. That means we're old enough to be on our own. But we won't be on our own. We'll be together. If we're all fighting to keep our family together, then we are together. Even if we're apart.
1: Why do kids bully other kids? Why does my friend lie to me? What do you do if your friends say you're bossy? How can I make a best friend?
0: Friendships can be complicated.
1: I'm
2: psychologist and author Dr. Eileen Kennedy-Moore, host of the Kids Ask Dr. Friendtastic podcast. Each weekly five-minute episode
0: features a question from a kid about friendship, plus a practical and thought-provoking answer. Tune in to learn how you can build strong and caring
1: friendships. Kids Ask Doctor Friendtastic is available wherever
2: you get podcasts.
0: Can I come? Asked Lyle. No, no replied Beatrice, Azriel, and Petra. Whoa, jeez, cool your blazes! I was just asking. Carnelian clapped their hands together gleefully. "'Oh, I love this. This is just so perfectly precious, coming into their own left and right. Amethyst, Citrine, aren't they adorable? Super cute. I love them so much.' Beatrice was taken completely off guard. She was absolutely certain that this idea, this suggestion, was entirely misguided and inappropriate, but... but Petra wanted to go too? And to Laura?' And what they said made some sense, but it was not their job to save the world. Or was it? Everything seemed to be spinning out of control. Asriel took advantage of Beatrice's hesitation to get more details from Carnelian. Uh, Excuse me, Carnelian, uh, Diamond Wing, can you tell us where to find the Arbor Fairies? You said that they're the ones who probably traded Shakatala's armor for his fire, right? And they probably still have it? "'You bet your pretty little onyx-hued nose I can,' said Carnelian. "'It is absolutely Hemlock who made this trade with Shakatala, "'and they are absolutely located in the forest of Mordensen, "'and I can absolutely tell you how to get there.' "'Oh, that Hemlock isn't going to know what hit them.' "'And can you tell us how to get the fire, transport it, and put it back in our dad?' asked Petra. "'Oh, no, I have no idea how to do that. You're on your own there. "'But it should be a fun little puzzle, don't you think?' Beatrice was shaking her head. "'I just can't. You're not old enough. What, what if something happens?' "'Mom,' Azrael said. "'Trust us, we can do this.' "'Yeah, Mom,' Petra said. "'We've been looking out for each other since we hatched. We've got this.' Beatrice's eyes were full of tears as she looked at her eldest children. "'When had they grown up? How could this be happening?' She remembered the sight of their tiny little black and gold snouts poking from their egg shards, their first fumbling attempts at flight, their sweet little baby roars more like kittens than dragons. Beatrice, do you mind if I interrupt your maternal reminiscences with a practical suggestion? Beatrice sniffed. What is it, Carnelian? "'Would it make you feel any better if I sent Amethyst and Citrine with them? "'I can stay with you, and we can check in on dear little Azriel and Petra whenever we like. "'That way you'll know they are safe, and we can find each other again when we need to.' "'Can you do that?' asked Beatrice. "'Communicate with each other from a great distance?' "'Yes, of course. Otherwise I wouldn't have made that suggestion.' "'Wow, is there anything fairies can't do?' Lyle exclaimed. "'Literally, we can do everything.' said Amethyst, looking fondly at Lyle. But Carnelian, started Edwin, I thought you didn't want to go to the guild stronghold because what if there are fairies there and you get into a fight and they turn you into a... Silence, snapped Citrine. Shut your mouth right this instant. What are you, a barbarian? We do not talk about that incident in front of the diamond wing. Carnelian sighed. It's fine, Citrine, it's fine. I've moved on. And yes, Edwin, I will overcome my extreme disgust for all flora and fauna in the name of the greater good. I will accompany you on your quest. Thank you, Carnelian. Thank you, said Beatrice. Oh, I'm not doing it for you. I just think this is going to be fun. And I want to make sure that Tom-Tom here catches plenty of bugs with his big old fish catcher of a mouth as he sees the world and every bright light fills his tiny head with wonder and delight. Right, Tom-Tom? Oh, uh, I am... Ah uh, you you right. I don't hurt yourself, Tommy. So, let me get this straight. <clears throat> Beatrice, her three youngest offspring, Tommy boy, the kitten, and myself will journey toward the stronghold of the Guild of the Bone-eyed Spider, where we will locate the missing egg or information that leads to the missing egg or die trying. Petra, Azriel, Talora, Amethyst, Citrine, and the pony known as Bob will go into the forest of Mordenson, where they will snatch the fire of the dread dragon Shakatala from the Arbor Fairies, led by the longest branch hemlock, then return the fire to their father, thus restoring him to himself and probably saving humanity, or die trying. Does that sound right? Does this mean we can go, Mom? asked Petra. Is it okay? Beatrice sighed deeply and nodded. Yes, it's it's okay. You may go. You're ready, even if I'm not. Fabulous! Love this! So exciting! It's been a while since I've quested. Amethyst, Citrine, you know what to do. Amethyst heaved a huge sigh. Yes, Diamondwing, but we are not happy about it. Yeah, those arbor fairies make me want to throw up. "'I think. I've never actually thrown up, but it looks awful,' said Citrine. "'As awful as the Arbor Fairies. Ugh, they're so... woodsy. "'Yeah. And they sleep in flower petals and eat, like, mulch. "'Believe me, I understand, but get over it. We have an important job to do now. "'You're responsible for these young dragons and that human, "'although she's not as musical as Tommy and keeps her mouth closed when she thinks. "'I'm sorry she's so boring.' Beatrice looked around the gathered circle at everyone. Is everyone all right with this? I know it will seem strange to separate. I'll miss you, Petra. Lyle threw himself at his sister, and Edwin launched herself at Asriel, the four of them cuddling close. Smudge howled and threw himself on top of his siblings, and for a moment they all huddled there quietly. I'll miss you too, fish breath, said Petra, nuzzling Lyle. But we'll see you again soon, and in the meantime we can talk through the fairies. No one talks through a fairy that is not how it works, said Amethyst serenely. Tom, asked Tolora, are you okay with this? Part of her was reluctant to separate from Tom. Ever since leaving Durga, he had been her rock, the one she could talk to about the dragons and how best to serve and help them. He was from Durga too, he understood where she came from. In a way it was like leaving behind her last connection with home. Tom looked at Talora, and she thought she could see similar thoughts playing behind his eyes. Yeah, Tolora, I'm okay with it. I mean, it makes sense we should split up. We're here to help and protect everyone, after all. Thank you both, said Beatrice, and she lowered her head and touched her nose to Tolora's forehead, holding it there for just a minute. Take care of them, she whispered. I promise, said Tolora, her eyes shut tightly. I promise moonbeam starfire said beatrice raising her head and looking solemnly at the ponies who had been watching the scene unfold thank you for everything i hope we see each other again we will i'm certain said moonbeam bowing his head and if you should need anything anything just let us know send one of the fairies and we'll be there "'Starfire added. "'Okay, so now everyone is, like, talking through us "'and sending us on errands,' Citrine wrinkled their nose. "'What are we, Amethyst, like little fairy servants or something?' "'I serve no one,' said Amethyst. "'Well, this is just fantastic,' said Bob briskly. "'When do we begin?' Hello again! If you'd like to know what happens next, please join us for Episode 5, Whalodons. If you have any questions, comments, or artwork you'd like to share, please email PetraTheDragon at gmail.com. Petra handles all of our communication for us, and though she's extremely busy right now fighting for the forces of good against evil, she will reply to your email. If you are enjoying Bad Pack, there are a few simple and fun ways to support the show. If you can leave a rating or a review on the device that you're listening from, go for it. We would love that. This is a great way to help others find the show, and it really means a lot to us. And to Petra. You can also join us on Patreon or buy a ticket to one of our live Zoom shows where you'll be the first to hear the new episodes, share your drawings or thoughts about the show, and chat with other listeners. For tickets to the live show, please visit dirtroadtheater.com slash fadpack. And now we'd like to share some moments from our live show. Hi everybody! Okay, well, we have Sarah here today. Sarah Wolf, who is our, our artist. Ooh, and Sarah has a guest of her own. <laughs> Hi Sarah. I would love to hear a little bit about how you got into paper art and what that process was like for you.
2: Yeah, yeah it, was it was very, very um, organic for me in that I just started by making cards wow. for friends for and family for birthdays and. I would just use whatever was around and I was never a very good drawer. I love watching the kids who are drawing uh, during this episode. That was never my strong suit. And so I found other ways to make art and paper cutting paper was something that I felt like I could do. I just kept that going and um, and it became this.
0: (laughs) Wow. So
2: how long have you
0: been doing it for?
2: Probably in some form or another, you know, for 10, 15 years, but I started Wolf Den Arts, a little art company that where I sell greeting cards through uh, three years ago.
0: That's awesome. And we can um, purchase your things on your Etsy shop. Indeed, yeah, that's when I started
2: Etsy, and I do mostly greeting cards, Mm -hmm. lots of fun little animals made out of paper, but I've also, I really love working on custom portraits, I've been doing a few um, of people's pets, I love making dog portraits out of paper. Oh, Um, that's so cool. But those are, those are really fun. Ryan, did you have a question? Uh, Not
1: a question, but I just wanted to say excellent exacto work, that is so impressive. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> thank you. It, it, you got to be careful. It'll hurt your finger if you do it for too long, but it just takes practice. <laughs> this is my son Emmett, um, and he's <laughs> learning how to be on a, a video call as well. Hi, <laughs> hey, Emmett. Thank you for joining
0: us. Did you have a question or a comment for Sarah Graceland? Yeah. So,
1: Sarah, while I was watching, once I finished my, once I finished my drawing, I just sat there entranced watching me work it was really cool thank I, you I, so much i turned my uh, i turned nine last monday
2: congratulations my birthday is in about a month
0: uh lucy
1: This i made chocolate chocolate
0: ooh that is so cool
1: this part
0: is fire that's fire okay cool I love that. And Abe, what did you make? Did you also make something with plus plus blocks? This is this is this is the
1: castle from from season 1.
0: Wow, that's so fun to see.
1: Here's the door. You can stick Willow
0: <laughs> Yeah. I love that. Very three-dimensional. Willow? I made this oh it's bob that's so cute lily colored it too oh you did too lily oh yeah there he is that's so cute they look so different i love how different they look thank you for sharing oliver is that a hand yeah go ahead
1: well talking about birthdays i just want to say this my birthday is in five days also i want to show you it's a bone-eyed spider in its
0: web Oh, the bone eyed spider. Wow. He's turning six. So are there any questions or observations, uh, thoughts about this episode? It was kind of action packed. I was a little tired. How did you all feel?
1: uh, I I was kind of scared when she got smashed into the cliff. I was kind of surprised that she was fine after that.
0: Mm -hmm. Ryan, did you say something? Because you were muted. We didn't hear you. Yeah, I was muted
1: and I didn't realize it, but I thought that she might get hurt, but then I knew if she got hurt that she would get hurt, (laughs) like, because usually the main
0: characters don't die. Yeah, and Beatrice has been through a lot. She's proven that she can uh, overcome a lot.
1: (laughs) Sarah, I really liked how you, like, you cut out all those bikes and, like, (laughs) <laughs> Moved them on and like you did all that intricate thing and did you like use sparkly paper for shakatala's armor
2: yeah i did mm. <laughs> yeah, it's fun it was fun for me i got to go and buy shiny paper and sparkly paper it
1: I <laughs> kind of looks like an
2: alligator <laughs> but yeah they are kind of related to alligators alligators are like our our dragons
0: yeah all in the same family
2: Bye. Bye, Bye. Awesome. Bye.
0: Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights is a proud member of Kids Listen, a grassroots organization of advocates for high quality audio content for kids. You can find more great podcasts at kidslisten.org or download the app. Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights is made and recorded by Dirt Road Theater in Northfield, Vermont. FadPack is written and performed by me, Marin Langdon Spillane, and written and created by Dominic, Graceland, and Oliver Spillane. The music you heard was composed by the amazing Nathan Lee. You can see more of his work at NathanLee.net. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us next time.